And praise God, the Lord is there, as always. Well, let's take our Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28, as we have a sermon I've, in, I've titled, How About Faith of Our Mothers? Uh, you know, we sing the song every year, Faith of Our Fathers. And we do that on Father's Day and should be appropriate. But, uh, you know, if you have a godly mother, you grew up in a godly home. Many times, uh, many cases, there was a godly mother, but not a godly father. And so what a blessing it is. Uh, and, you know, the, speaking of the faith of our fathers, but remember, whether it's the faith of our fathers or mother, it's always Jesus Christ that it's about. It's about Him. And He's the one we uplift and honor. So as we look in Matthew chapter 15, and beginning with verse 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto Him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord. Thou son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. She's saying words right now that she says, I think this is what he'd want to hear. Uh, son of David, Lord, and certainly he was the son of David and Lord. But she's living on the coast of Canaan, and she is a Gentile woman. The Lord hasn't brought her there, has allowed her to come there to become a Jew. He's brought her there to become saved. And so that's important to remember. So she says, have mercy, in verse uh, 22, uh, says, well, we'll read the whole verse. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, have mercy on me, O Lord. Thou, my, the son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away. She crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. The Mark account in Mark chapter 7 will say that when she got home, the girls, the devil has departed and the girl is laying in her bed, just doing very well. But she had to walk home in faith, knowing that that's exactly what she would find. Our Lord does a complete work when He does a work. 
but we must have faith. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to delve into your word this morning. If there's one under the sound of my voice that does not know that if they died today that heaven's their home, I pray that this would be the very day they come and receive Christ as their Savior. If there's one who has wandered from you, I pray that today would be the day to come home, to come home to Jesus Christ. And we'd ask this in Jesus' most precious and holy name. Amen. Well, the story is pretty well self-explanatory. But you know, as I said at the beginning, faith of our mothers. We don't sing a song like that, although we do have some songs in our hymnal for moms, but it's just, we don't have that song. We don't have a song that we remember as like we do faith of our fathers. Now, that's not completely a bad thing because the father is supposed to be the spiritual leader of the home. If he's not, He's a failure as a husband and a father. Now think of that. It's good to have a godly, spiritual mother. And if she is godly and spiritual, she'll be subjected to and obey her husband in all things as the Bible tells her to. And she will, she will instruct her children just like Timothy's mother and grandmother instructed him. That's the mark of a good, godly mom. Now, having said that, we want to go to our text and first see first that uh, Jesus, in verse 21, had a purpose, not only for every word that he spoke, but for every place that he would go. He goes to Sidon and Tyre. Verse 22 tells us that the mother comes to Jesus, and Mark chapter 7 identifies her as a Syrophoenician woman. In other words, she's a Gentile. We're not told how far she walks, but we know that the coast of Canaan, you just walk up the coast there a good ways, and, and you're in Tyre or Sidon. But she has to walk a good ways to get there. But this is her daughter. There's no price too great out of love for her daughter to see her have this devil that afflicts her cast out. And obviously by the testimony of other people that have heard Jesus in Canaan that have been there, they knew, because Jesus, a lot of his public ministry is long Canaan. They knew, they knew. They told others. And she was able to come believing the word that they had spoken unto her. Now, so she walks and she arrives there. And she tells the Lord, my daughter's grievously vexed with the devil. She's asked for mercy. Now, isn't that interesting? Mercy means I don't deserve it but please give me mercy. That, that's the idea behind the word mercy. Not that I deserve it. They're asking for mercy. No one deserves salvation or any other what we'd call good thing from God. When he does it, he does it in love, especially as we approach him by faith and he responds. I remember my mother on the on her uh, deathbed, 
and before she had to have a trach in and could no longer talk, I said, Mom, I just don't understand this. Uh, here, you good person and, and all this other stuff, a good godly mother, and all, I was telling her all these good things about her. She says, I'm not different than anybody else. She says, why, why me? Why not me? And it dawned on me there. It dawned on me there. We don't really deserve the good things. God in His grace has allowed things for us. Let's make sure that we do what God allows to please Him. For without that, then we're in trouble. So she, she receives, uh, she asks the Lord for mercy for her daughter. Now, again, we don't deserve it, but he is willing and ready to give it. So she asked the Lord, and what's his first answer? Uh, well, he answers her, not at all. <laughs> he, he doesn't say a third word to her. But there's a reason. It's just like with Paul. Paul three times said, Lord, remove this thorn from me. The thorn in the flesh is like this girl. It was the messenger of Satan, the Bible tells us. Now, there might have been a physical malady for Paul. It might have been his eyes. I don't think it was his eyes. We don't know what the physical malady, if it's a physical malady with that girl, but she needed healed, but it was from a devil. We do know that. And now there's a devil with, Paul, uh, with the apostle Paul, and he prays three times for the Lord to remove that thorn. And the Lord's answer to the Apostle Paul, this, this great preacher, this man of God who has been stoned and everything else for the cause of the God, gets this answer from the Lord, my grace is sufficient for you. Amen. And what's his answer? Most gladly, therefore, will I rejoice in my infirmities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Why? Because he's strengthened by the Lord. And he learns more about his God. He learns more about grace. He learns more about what God can do in spite of our circumstances. Remember, our circumstances are not forever if you're saved because your circumstances are going to improve one day. When you're with the Lord, not until you're with the Lord, but when you're with the Lord, they'll prove. You say, I'm under the circumstances. Well, get out from under the circumstances. The Lord is there for you. Walk with him. Walk with him. So he answers her not at all. And we find that God's grace is sufficient. But disciples send her away. Goodness gracious. After us and all that, get her out of here. Goodness gracious. We don't want that kind around here. She's a, she's a, a Gentile. We don't want her. Well, the twelve are like those that are very religious, but they're prejudiced against this Gentile lady. I believe that today, too many Gentiles, too many churches, if you had somebody with the reputation of a Mary Magdalene, Mary Magdalene had had seven devils, what we'd call witch, she had seven devils. If they had internet back then, do you imagine when she walked into church? Get on that internet. Google, Google Mary Magdalene. Oh, 
Hey, let me tell you about Mary Magdalene. Let me tell you about Mary Magdalene. Let me tell you about Mary Magdalene. We've got to get her out of here. Those are carnal at best Christians that do that. If any man be in Christ and woman too, they're a new creature, a new creation. Old things are passed away and behold, all things become new. Get off the hobby horse of finding fault with others. There's more fault with you than there is with Mary Magdalene if that's what you do. Jesus has the will for your life. Look, I don't know if there's a person in this auditorium that doesn't have a skeleton in your closet that most of us don't know about. You don't want it out. So why put other people's skeletons out there? If God's forgiven it, why can't you? So let's, let's, let's not go there on those things. But here, uh, this lady probably hears these disciples. And so she asked the Lord again, have mercy on me. And so we look at verse 24 of our text again. It says, but he answered and said, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then uh, came she and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. Now think about that. This is the one to whom she's coming for help. She's heard all this stuff about him. Well, first, Jesus has to tell his disciples, I'm just not come to get the Jews that aren't saved and the Jews that have wandered from the truth. I'm come to save that which was lost. It's Jews and Gentiles is what he's letting his disciples know. Unfortunately, Peter won't know that till Acts chapter 10, for he finally catches the truth that Christ was trying to teach him way back then. When he goes into Cornelius' uh, household and up, opens up the gospel to the Gentiles. It was for whosoever will they may come. The disciples, though they tried, they cannot stop this lady's resolve for her daughter. She had heard about Jesus, and there's been so many witnesses and evidences she believes. I wonder how many people, when they hit those hard times like this lady hit in life, would want to come to us and ask us, what should we do? Would they know that, you know, that person knows the Lord. That person walks with God. Would they know by our testimony, our public demeanor, our fact that we are new vessels in Christ Jesus? Would they know, hey, I want to come to that person and find out help. That is, the help that God gives. Do we have that testimony that they would want to come to us. You see, verse 25 kind of reminded me of John 6, 37. If you come to him, he'll in no wise cast you out. So she worshiped him, calling him Lord. She's looking at him as God. Not as a doctor. Not as a religious sideshow. Oh, no. She comes to him as the Lord. And she is pleading with him for help. Help me. She cannot help herself. And it sounds so prejudiced that Jesus says, I can't cast crumbs to dogs. 
Man, that sounds hard. But actually, there was a truth in that, that, you know, you don't take the crumbs from your table and feed it to dogs. You save those for your children. You save that for your family. But that's not the main point that Jesus is trying to make to her. Now, the dogs there is looking at little dogs as a household pet. Often that day, as a matter of fact, in the Bible, when, t- when you see the word dog being applied to a person, many times it's referring to a homosexual. In Deuteronomy, uh, we see it there. I think it's in Deuteronomy chapter 23. You see this referring to uh, a homosexual. Philippians 3.2, I believe it is. I believe in Revelation 22.15 it is when it says dogs. But really the context tells you how it's to be used. Here it's referring to little dogs because it comes from the table. They're all examples. But then she answers. Yes, that's true, Lord. That's true. She knew the culture. She knew there's a difference. But even the dogs eat the crumbs of the table. It didn't discourage her. See, some people say, oh, I want to go out for the Lord. And the first time there's persecution, the first time there's a trouble, first time there's a trial, they abandoned the Lord. This lady didn't abandon the Lord because she was looking at her daughter. But she also behind that believed the Lord. She believed him. But also understand, this lady, in coming to him, she not only wants her daughter healed, but she wants to see Jesus. And Jesus commends her for her faith. She humbled herself as a mother And she finds that she is rewarded. Jesus told her in verse 28, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. That very hour. She knows. She knows in her heart When she gets home, it's confirmed. But she knows in her heart. And it's going to be like that if you just stay faithful to God regardless of circumstances. As a mother or a father or whatever you may be. It's remain faithful. You see, some are going to appear in heaven saved so as by fire, ashamed. Others are going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Confidence. Why? Because they stayed true to the word. They stayed true. They stuck with it. They did what he would say and they do it. See, Jesus is not trying to humiliate this lady, but to humble her that she might receive the reward. Understand the Lord's not trying to humiliate us, but a lot of times he has to humble us to have us to get right and do what we ought to do. 
Her endurance and faith results in Jesus healing her daughter to be saved from this malady. What a picture of salvation by faith that it paints for us. Coming to Jesus for the only way of healing a sin-sick soul afflicted by the devil. You have children who are not right with God or not saved or they're saved but they're straying away from God's word and his house and his service. But you're still alive, you're still here regardless of your age and regardless of their age. Whether it's your daughter, whether it's your son, whether it's even a spouse. They need an intercessor who will go to all means whether it's to travel as this lady walked or whatever else to bring them back to the Lord. At home, at the church, as you come forward at an invitation time, as long as they're away, come and pray. Come and pray for them. You say, well, preacher, I can pray at home just as well as I can go down in front of everybody and pray. Well, usually when you come down here to pray, nobody's hearing what you're praying. Only the Lord, and He's the only one that counts. But, you know, I really feel like that that's hypocritical to say, I can pray at home. I've heard people say that. I don't have to come to men's prayer meeting in the morning. I can pray at home. I don't have to do that. I can pray at home. Okay. Let's imagine your child is having surgery that they have only a 50-50 chance of making it. The doctors say, I'll do what I can do, but I can't do it all. You only have a 50-50 chance of making it. You say, well, I don't have to go over to the hospital and sit there for the surgery. I can just pray for her at home or pray for him or whoever it is at home. You going to do that? No, you're going to be right there. That's your son, that's your daughter. You're going to be right there. A physical thing like that where it's 50-50 chance is not the same as their soul. It's 100% one way or the other. So don't be hypocritical and just say, I can pray at home, but you, you wouldn't do that for your child if they were in the hospital. Think about that. Think about that. And the great thing is we have a wonderful Lord and Savior who will work in your heart. <clears throat> Excuse me, work in your heart. He'll work in your life. And he may be ready to use you to make the difference in your child's life. Never give up on that child. Never give up on a soul. He's the great physician. <clears throat> and this is the great physician's house. So, he made a woman out of a man's rib. He can make do with whatever the sickness of your child is. He's a lot better than even the medical doctors. Now, I'm not against medical doctors or surgery. Believe me, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying God can do what they can't do. Too many Christians, it's been so long since you've been at an altar... Or should we call it the mourner's bench? Because there was a time in this country where people came and just cried their eyes out. 
praying for a wayward child or spouse or what have you. And instead, today we've got to a point where we want the children to like us. We want them to be popular. We want this and that. It's all material, carnal things. Well, will you let them go to hell? Will you let them go to hell over things like that? What song describes your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? I had two other Bible mothers. Let me hit those quickly. First was Hannah. The story of Hannah's in chapters 1 and 2 of 1 Samuel. Hannah's husband has two wives, Hannah and another one. The other one has children and all that, but Hannah's loved by her husband more than he loves the other wife. Now, God never endorsed that. Okay, that's things that they did, and it was wrong. But every year they'd go to the sacrifice. The yearly sacrifice, they would go. <clears throat> but the wife that had the children would just taunt and really keep Hannah crying all the time. And her husband says, Am I not better to you, Hannah, than ten sons? Men say the stupidest things, don't they? And, and so she has nothing to do with that. But they go, and she's praying in the temple of the Lord, First Samuel says. And she's down there praying. Her lips are moving. But Eli, the priest, doesn't hear any words out of her mouth. And like the carnal priest that he was, he says, Hey, don't come to this house having been drinking, drunk. You don't come to God's house that way. She's not drunk. She lets him know, I'm not drunk. I haven't been drinking. I've been pouring out my heart to God. And the Lord pretty well strikes Eli's heart. Says, let her know I'm going to grant her request. Hannah will end up having five kids, but the first one she says, Lord, give me a son, and I'll give him to your ministry and your work. And that little boy is Samuel. There's two books of the Bible named after that name, First and Second Samuel. Godly man. Good man. And yet, we find that this lady kept her word. And when Samuel's three, four, five years old, whatever age he was, she gives him, takes him to the temple, and he's Eli's. And that's where he'll remain and become a great prophet of God. She gave her child to God's work, probably getting to see him once a year when she came to see, because when she weaned him, she gave him. When he was weaned, she gave him, and she would go back and visit each year. Now, one other mother, then I'm going to have a few comments. Herodias. She was uh, Philip's wife. But she leaves Philip for her brother, Philip's brother, Herod. And John the Baptist says, <clears throat> Herod, 
it's not lawful for you to have your brother Philip's wife. Oh, that got Herodias. She's upset. She's mad. This lady's, <clears throat> she's a gold digger. She's, well, you know, they're both, they both have areas of rulership, but Herod's far exceeds Philip's. And so she's thinking, hey, this is going to be good for me. Oh, this is going to be good for me. Man, I've got it made if I get him. She gets him. You know what? She married two of her uncles is what she ended up doing. And, but she has this vindictive against John the Baptist. And so she has a daughter, a pretty daughter. And I was over there. I don't, can't find them now, but in the excavations of that uh, very place where, palace where she danced before uh, Herod and his people that were gathered there. I, I've actually walked on there and, and uh, picked up some tile from that place and, and got it. But she danced there and Herod said, hey, up to the half of my kingdom, I'll give you what you want. And she says, well, mom has talked with me about this and we want John the Baptist's head in a charger. And she got it. You know what? That daughter, later she married older family members. Just like her mother. <laughs> Probably from West Virginia. Um, but what I'm saying is this. That's the legacy that mother left. But let me just give you one more application here. The Syrophoenician woman, a Gentile, prayed. Hannah prayed and got a son. The Syrophoenician got her daughter healed. Great. But here's my question. Both those ladies had power with God. Power with God and that affected her children. What's more important to you? That you be well liked by your children? Or that you see them in heaven? And that you'll hear the Lord say for them, well done, good and faithful servant. As well as for yourself. Right after I took over pastor, Central Baptist Church, my mother walked into the office. I actually had this office back here at, at that time. I traded with my dad after his heart attack. But I walked back in. Or she walked back in and said, would you go make a visit with the lady? She's been a while since she's been in church. And I just want you to go with me. So I went over there with her and sat in the lady's house just a few blocks away from here, as a matter of fact. <clears throat> And um, she said, uh, I, I got talking to her, and pleasant people, they were very pleasant. But finally, I, I knew she had a couple teenage boys, and I think a teenage daughter. And I asked her that question. I said, you know, <clears throat> what, if, what if your son was in an auto accident? And, and, and that, 
ambulance takes him to the hospital and they go in there and they do emergency surgery and after it's over, the doctor comes out and says to you, I've done all I can do. The only thing that's going to save your son is prayer. I said, do you have power with God that he would answer your prayer? She said, oh, no. No, no. She says, I would call you. I said, well, number one, I may not be here. Number two, God entrusted those children to you, not to me. It's your prayer that must have power. A few weeks later, I was up at Pensacola Christian College preaching. And my dad called me and told me, this lady's son was in an accident. And they called me at 3 o'clock in the morning. I was so glad I was up in Pensacola at 3 o'clock in the morning. But at 3 o'clock in the morning called, and that very thing had happened. And while the people still lived here, they started coming back to church. Because you realize you didn't have power with God. The son actually lived. But whether you're a dad or a mom, put yourself in that place. Do I have power with God that I could stand in the gap for my own son or my own daughter or my own spouse? If you can't, you need to come get some things straight with God that he is your all in all, that Christ is everything to you. Because your children are going to need you someday. Your spouse is going to need you someday. Seek the power of God. But now you can't do that if you're not saved. If you're not sure if you died today that heaven's your home. You can't pray for anybody and expect an answer. The, the rich man in hell prayed for his brothers to get saved. And that Lord said, no, I'm not sending anybody to them. They've got the scriptures there. I'm not going to send anybody from the dead. I'm not going to send anybody uh, with these great signs. No. They got the scriptures. Because you've got to receive Christ by faith. And take him at his word. He will save you if you'll come. He'll cleanse you. Mary Magdalene, she had had seven, uh, seven devils, and Christ cleaned her up. And she's the first one Christ appears to after his resurrection. Jesus can do it. He can change a, a life and he can change your life. Just come to him. That's why he died on the cross, shed his blood for you, and rose up bodily from the grave so he could provide a way for you to have eternal life in heaven. And by the way, many of you have children visiting because it's Mother's Day. Maybe another year for you to get together. But in heaven, you can have a family reunion that never has to go back to anywhere else. What a great thing.